Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. I promise, and you're listening to the Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the work, let's open up in prayer. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for just making we're able to be thankful for you and how there's no such thing as you being inside the wrong. And Lord, I also just thank you for just making us inside of your image. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. We are continuing our study in Romans, and we're going to be a little bold and ambitious this morning and go from, uh, we're in Romans 12, and we're going to go from verse 9 through the end of the chapter. So could I get a volunteer to read that, please? I will. All right, honey. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in, in honor giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Mm -hmm. Amen. So with that, we're going to continue our custom and open the floor for each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you. And then, of course, if you have any questions, please ask them. All right, we're all learning and growing together. So who'd like to begin? Oh, Charles, if you want to go, you can go. No, mine's like at the end of this passage. You know, that's what I was going to say. Today, I'm going to go to verse 21. Normally, I try to go sequentially and, and discuss. Well, I'm, I'm going to skip to that last verse. So if you, want to, if you want to talk about it, go ahead, sweetheart. First, I want to talk about verse 20. Okay. And how the Lord was just sharing with me about how when talking about doing all these things to your enemies. And how, like, when Paul is talking about doing all these things to your enemy, like, 
feeding them and giving them drink. He's saying to do it in love, not having a, what I'd say, a nasty expression on your face, watching eagerly to see if they croak from it. But Paul is saying, do it in the same kindness and love from as you would like to be treated as well. So you see that Paul is both saying, He's saying while to do these things, there is conviction from doing them because the person is convicted by your good attitude and manner. But he's also pointing out is that you're not supposed to be hoping for that expectation that that happens. He's saying to be loving and use it in all kindness and to go through it and use it in a good manner, I'd say. Okay. Meaning that he's not, he's saying don't look for the outcome of them being convicted, but just do as the Lord tells you to do. Oh. Okay. I got that. Anyone else have anything they want to add to that? Yes. But when you end with the scripture that LaCharles brought up, you also see that it's not treating him like an enemy. Like, when we think about enemies, we think about um, holding them at arm's distance. They're not close to us. We don't care about them. We want them to die. We want them to suffer. And Paul is saying, treat them as though they weren't an enemy, like they were your friend, like they were your family member. So, you know, that's just what I wanted to add to what Charles said right now. You know, without getting into the the scriptural references and, and all the parallel passages into the Bible, I just think it's really interesting if you look at this and think about it in context, um, at least of my current worldview. Okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, beginning at nine, let love be genuine, abhor, right? Hate, right? What is evil? Hold fast to what is good. We have television shows. Mm-hmm. Right, I think of one right off the bat one called Lucifer. I don't know anything about the show. I could be speaking completely off point, but we have a television show that just by the fact that we have a television show named Lucifer to be we're exalting evil. Mm-hmm. Right, we're not loving what is good. We're loving what is evil. Right, love one another from brotherly affection, and we have continually we have these these. Um, Shows where people go on and attack family members, whether it is on a Jerry Springer type show mm-hmm. where it's just sensationalism out, out the wazoo or whether it's these TV court shows where family is just attacking family, mm-hmm. just destroying family, outdoing one another with honor, right? We seek to demean everyone else. Uh, we had a conversation this morning earlier about how people just almost seem to look for offense, Right. Uh, rejoicing in hope, but yet we're despondent, right? We're living in a time of, uh, you know, we have a uh, uh, um, a pandemic now that has been two years. We've been living in a place of lack of hope for two years with no seeming end in place, at least as far as what the world is saying. We know different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, contribute to the needs of the saints and show hospitality. You know, that's not terrible. Uh, bless those who persecute you. It's just like, let's just step on somebody when they're down, right? You know, let's go after people. It's just it's just so contrary to what we see prevalent in our world. It's just 
strikes me so hard. I don't want to keep beating it up and sound despondent because I'm not. I mean, I know who is reigning. Mm-hmm. I know who's in control. I know what the end is. Mm-hmm. And as the cliche as it is, we won. That's right. It's right? already finished. We, we, we live in victory if <laughs> we right. choose to see victory. But um, certainly that's why Paul's admonishment is mm-hmm. so important. I'm sure mm-hmm. it was just, it, it felt and seemed to people just as much as it does now. That mm-hmm. We could look to the evil. We could look to the malice. We could look to the unrest. We could look to the lack of hope. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most often Paul was addressing what needed to be addressed, what people were experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so um, take hope in knowing that these things are still real and take hope in knowing that God's word can deliver us from them. Amen. Amen. I mean, a lot of people um, just talking about present culture and, you know, the last decades um, have taken the approach that the Bible is outdated, that it, it's old and it doesn't apply to today. But every bit of the scripture is relevant. And, you know, as you were articulating that and putting today's, putting your, your focus on and comparing it, it's exactly the same. These people felt these same things because he wasn't saying it for no reason. And humanity is still what it is. Um, so I think that's, that's really encouraging and inspiring to go, God, hey, wait, wait. Is he's still the same God? Okay. Then we, we've got a game here. We've, we can trust him. We can move forward and believe him without feeling um, as though somehow we're lessened or we're using something that's old. And he, he is the creator. So he's always, he's always before everything else. So I appreciate that, Dean. Yes, we, we mm-hmm. live in a world that's still in need of a Savior. That's right. We have not outgrown him. We have not outgrown our need for him. Right. But we can rejoice in knowing that he's there mm-hmm. instead of be despondent mm-hmm. in, in the lack of where we are as to where we could be mm-hmm. as we step into the fullness of being transformed into mm-hmm. Christ. Amen. Those are great points. Um, as you were both speaking, I was reflecting on this. Uh, the section of scripture and, and with some of the examples you brought up, Dean, you know, like even the, the pandemic, right? Well, what's our hope in, right? Cause it brings us right back to what Paul said here in Romans 12, but verse two, right? And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And here's the purpose so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Right, we when we began this chapter, uh, I believe we prefaced it with, um, or I was like, out of the caveat of Paul or the Lord through Paul was laying this foundation of, okay, well, let's, let's understand these things, and then now that we're in chapter twelve, it's this is how it applies to your life. This is the real world application. This is what it's supposed to look like, and especially with you, what you brought up in the pandemic and renewing our mind, where is our hope? Is it in the things of the world or is it in God? Right. And we'll see, it will be demonstrated to the world by our conduct. Mm -hmm. Are we trying to hoard things because there's a reported shortage or are we freely giving? Are are we blessing others that have a need? Right. And that's just one example. But we have to understand that. And there's, there are multiple scriptures that, that talk about it. Um, 
the first one, oh, the first one I'll go to is in First uh, John two, and then starts in fifteen. Right. Uh, it's really fifteen through seventeen. So if I get a volunteer to read that. First John, where, honey? Uh, chapter two. Okay. Verses fifteen through seventeen. Sure, I'll read it. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Mm -hmm. So, Dean, you brought up about hope. And where is our hope in? Right, those who put their their faith, their hope, their trust in the Lord. It says very plain, they'll abide forever. But there's also a a, a rebuke and an exhortation of um, not to love the things of the world. So where is our hope? Where is our our trust? And then that's not the only one. There's James four. It begins in verse four. Um. Yeah, and it's really through verse eight, right? Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, Mm -hmm. submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Right? And, of course, it continues and, and encourages us to humble ourselves. But it's about renewing our mind in the Lord and in the things of the Lord. Um, this section of Scripture that we, we covered, it's one thought. Mm-hmm. But there are two parts of it. And we've kind of taken the, the second part, which is... Um, the part where it talks about regulating, if you will, uh, Christian conduct to the world. The the first part is talking about how we should conduct ourselves um, in, in Christian unity and brotherhood. But it doesn't stop with just showing and demonstrating that behavior towards other Christians or believers, towards other members of the body of Christ, right? Because what was the second greatest commandment? Love. love your neighbor as yourself. Yes, to so love. you're going to say promise? Yes. Okay. okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> the second great command was to love your neighbor as yourself, right? The love command. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about demonstrating and exhibiting this behavior towards other believers. It's towards the entire world. Right? And how did Christ say that they would see or, or know that we were in him. By our By love, love one, one for another. Exactly. Mm-hmm. By our fruit. And our unity. Mm-hmm. So we all should be doing this and carrying ourselves, conducting ourselves in this way. Again, not just to other believers, but to the entire world. To everyone. Whether they profess Christ or they don't. There, mm-hmm. there shouldn't be, um, we shouldn't have two ways of living. Mm-hmm. One while we're inside the four walls of, of church or at a Bible study or, or at a, a Christian meeting. And then one while we go about every other thing in our, 
our life. Hmm. That's an interesting point, honey. So as we're, we're talking about this, and we just read in First uh, John chapter 2, do not love the world or the things of the world. And, but then you say, love everybody in the world. And sometimes it can be hard to separate people from things or people from actions. Uh, Jesus' example was he loved everyone. He loved the sinners mm-hmm. and he treated them with the same dignity and respect that he did anybody else. He treated them like they were valuable, like they were prized treasures to him. And he went to them. He looked for them. He searched for them. And he also, as in when he was teaching about love, he said, what good is it if you love only those that love you? You're no different than the world, the heathens or anybody else. But if you love your enemy, then you're like your father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, so as believers on the other side of that coin, when God tells us to love the people, he's not saying love the strategies and the concepts of the world. He's not saying love the world's mentality and the way they approach things. He wants us to take his way of doing things and apply that. But when it comes to people and loving them, it doesn't mean you condone sin no more than you condone your own sin. We're, it doesn't mean that you, um, I would call it wink at it and go, oh, well, it's okay if you do that. But at the same time, God didn't call us to judge. He called us to love. He called us to be kind. He called us to be gentle towards those who were outside the body and restore those or perform the ministry of reconciliation, not the ministry of separation. Mm -hmm. That's not our job. The Holy Spirit will take care of that. I heard someone, um, third party quote, but quoting, I think it was Oral Roberts who said, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict the world of sin. Amen. It's the Lord's job to judge, and it's my job to love. And quoting how he treated people, and that was his perspective on it. And I appreciate that. So meaning he's not finding fault with them and pointing out their flaws, but at the same time, he's not taking their, their ways unto himself and going, okay, I'm going to be just like you. It's possible to keep to do both at the same time. I can love you without taking your, your mentalities, without taking your ways if you're outside of God. I can be kind to you without um, dishonoring and discrediting God and the things that he says are right. Just because I'm kind to you doesn't mean that now I'm saying everything is okay or et cetera, et cetera. So for us as believers, it's important that we take that time to sit before the king and let him make the distinctions within us so that way when we go out into the world, we're able to operate just like he did. When he went to eat with the tax collectors and everything, the the religious people of the day questioned him and found fault with Jesus because he ate with people who were quote-unquote unclean and they were sinful in their behaviors and they didn't keep the law. But Jesus went to them. He said it wasn't the well who needed him, but the sick. It wasn't the well who needed a doctor, but the sick. And while he was doing that, he did not become common with them in the way of going, this is what you think about it. Okay, that's fine. We're going to, yeah, that's just as good as the truth. He didn't do that. He maintained a standard of righteousness and he established a truth, but he spoke that truth in love in a way that made it possible for that 
the person that was outside of relationship with him to come back to him. Mm -hmm. He built a pathway for them to come in versus ostracizing them, which is the way the religious community wanted him to address them was to have nothing to do with them at all. And, um, demean them and see them and despise them and see them as insignificant and unimportant. But Jesus was able to do all of those things. He was able to provide them with reconciliation, provide them with an example of righteousness and truth, see where they were and have compassion on them and still treat them like they matter, like they're important. So that's how we should approach it and be fully confident. I can put my arms around you and give you a hug. And, and say, I love you and tell you, God bless you. Even if you aren't quote unquote, a believer, even if you aren't living your life perfectly, um, in tune with the Lord, I can still say those things to you knowing that my God reigns. And this is how he would treat them because he's already shown us that by example. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful, honey. Um, I also want to look at it this way, right? So verse 21, uh, Romans 12, verse 21, right, which says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Sums up the, the preceding four verses. That's 17 through 20, right? And if we look at what's being said there, it should sound very familiar. Paul is not saying anything new. He's actually repeating exactly what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. in the Sermon on the Mount, or other others may know it as the Beatitudes, right? Um, especially starting, uh, so that, that'll be found in Luke 6 and, and also in Matthew 5, right? But um, in Luke 6, starting in verse 27, he, he says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. And he continues, to them who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other. And from him who takes away from you, it takes away your cloak. Do not withhold your tunic also. Give to everyone who asks of you and from him who takes away your goods. Do not ask for them back. Just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. If you have love for those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. Right? And he continues. So Paul is literally repeating the same, although in a slightly different way, he's saying the exact same thing that Christ is. And, and I say it in this way. In order to carry this out, not repaying evil for evil, or, or to sum it up, like it says in verse 21, not to be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We can only do that with Christ and putting on Christ and by behaving or conducting ourselves, operating or functioning in the manner that Christ designed, which in Romans chapter 12 is stated in verses 9 through 16. If we look at that, that is... Uh, I will say building upon also what Christ said here in the in the Sermon on the Mount. Right? Yes. Which is how we are to conduct ourselves. It matters. It's important. 
How did Christ carry and conduct himself? While we were yet sinners, he died for us on the cross. So while we were his enemies, we were in opposition to him. We were at war with him. He willingly gave himself and his life so that we could have eternal life. Which is amazing and incredible. Well, you know, John, I mean, you and Kamisha say all the time, you know, only do what the Father says, and right? I'm just trying to be obedient, right? That's mm-hmm. it. Um, and that's what Jesus did. Right? Amen. But what, did he not love us when we were his enemies? Absolutely. Did he not feed us and yes, clothe us did. and take care of us? And we were openly at war with him. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, isn't that what um, Paul is trying to teach us here the same, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to not think in our emotions, right? Exactly. But to think in the truth of God's word and to use God's word to direct our actions. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us to direct our actions. And mm-hmm. then these things will be clear. And this is the pattern of the things that would be consistent about how the Holy Spirit would speak to us because they're the same pattern of the way that Jesus lived. Amen. Amen. Because he points us back to Jesus, right? He always points us forward to him. And, um, you know, when I read verse 21, what it reminded me of is, you know, um, I've been a believer for a while. And there are times where I feel like, Lord, now I'm doing good to these people. <laughs> I'm doing good in this situation. And it feels like I keep getting smacked in the face or, you know, it's not a, a you know, I do good. And then someone returns evil to me. And I'm like, okay, like, all right. I've, you know, I've been patient. And this is like the, you know, the, how the empty time that they've done this. And, or you've, you've endured for a while. And then it seems like, well, if everybody else is doing that, if that's how you want to play it, you know, let, let's go in. And as a believer, when you're, you know, you're trying to walk and do, okay, yes, Lord, I read your scripture and I'm meditating on it. I'm, I'm seeking to do it. But then, you know, there's that sucker punch that comes or time keeps going by and it seems like you're, you're continually giving with no reciprocation, which is just how, um, Dean, you described how the Lord and you, my love, described how the Lord loved us it's impossible that we could ever truly reciprocate to him all that he's done for us. Yet he continues to give yet. He never cast off his kindness yet. He never cast off his grace or his mercy. He never stops being who he is and goes, I'm tired of you. You know, um, this is the millionth time you've done this. Kamisha, I'm done with you. Um, and so it reminds me to keep going. It reminds me to set my, endurance-ometer, my, my patience meter to <laughs> infinity. Oftentimes I've said it like, okay, I've got two weeks of patience. <laughs> I'm going to love everybody. Let's go. We're good. But then when that time runs out, because I haven't set myself to go indefinitely, I've set myself to go until I get a reward or to go until I think it's long enough or to go until I'm tired or to go, you know, to, to some natural human point And then I haven't prepared myself to continue going until Jesus comes back or he calls me home to be with him. I find myself running out of the patience and the stamina that I need to walk in this, to not be tempted to repay someone evil for evil, to not be, um, you know, tempted to avenge myself or 
you know, pay somebody back when they mistreat me or, or meet them with the same disrespect that they've shown towards me or whatever it is. And then the Holy Spirit goes, okay, but you didn't go far enough. You haven't, you haven't endured long enough. You need mm-hmm. to set yourself to go forever. And that's my, that's my act of worship towards God. And remembering to remove the other person's object, um, obligation to repay me from my equation helps me to endure longer. In Luke chapter 6, when you were reading, uh, darling, in mm-hmm. verse 35, it says, But love your enemies, do good, mm-hmm. and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, mm-hmm. for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. So that part, hoping for nothing in return. When I'm, I'm. Well, you forgot the. Well, I don't know, forgot, but you didn't read the the very next verse, right? That's the exhortation and the admonishment. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. So. He's not just spelling out how the Lord acts and operates, but how we should also be caring and conducting and functioning throughout our life. Mm -hmm. And I was pointing out the thought process that I have to take in order to get to that, be merciful. Because if I forget, or if I have an expectation that, um, that you're going to do this for me, after I do this, then you're going to do, I'm trying to extract it from you. Mm-hmm. I've set up in my mind that I'm going to get this out of you. And if you don't meet it, then suddenly my mercy disappears. I will never make it to that destination because I haven't set my mentality appropriately. This is God's mentality. When he loved me, I mean, yes, he wants me to love him in return, but it wasn't my love being fully reciprocated. It wasn't necessary for him to do all that he did. He got on the cross while I was showing him my backside, while I was rejecting him, while the world was refusing him. He still did everything he was supposed to do because he's good. So for me to walk in that, I have to set my attitudes to the right thing. So if I'm doing good, hoping for you to give me my reward, then I'll miss it. Right. But if I don't expect anything from you and I expect it from God, which is what we see here, then I can get to verse 36. I'll be able to do it. I'll be qualified, equipped better to do it versus trying to take, my route and then now i have to extract it from you or punish you because you didn't do it right mm-hmm. so and and you oh we've brought up christ you really see that in christ right who did he ask to restore him to the former glory that he had his father his father That's he right. didn't ask people to do it mm-hmm. he asked his father to reward him why because jesus had glorified his father on earth so he could go to him expectantly mm-hmm. and he did all that he did knowing that we could never repay him Amen. i could never say thank you enough i could never say i'm sorry enough i could never how do you pay someone back the spotless god the spotless lamb for all that he did for us in his life death burial and resurrection and his willingness to come to the earth and sacrifice himself for us and then he actually did it how do i repay that mm-hmm. I can't. I never could be equal to that. It's an impossibility. And he still gave it all. Amen. Wonderful point. We're going to pause there and let the Holy Spirit minister 
and give the opportunity for people to seek the Holy Spirit and to minister and to check the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And of course, if there's any questions or if, if you just want to share how this ministered to you or send a praise report or a prayer request, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at adayofprayer at yahoo.com or through our website, adayofprayer.org. And we'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we just thank you for your excellence, Lord, and for equipping us to be excellent in your name, God, To for preparing us for the callings that you have on each and every one of our lives, Lord. And I thank you that you have designed us so that we can work together as a unit, Lord, as um, one piece, Lord, one machine, God, to accomplish your will in this earth, Lord. And I thank you for those that willingly participate in that, Lord, that give themselves for you, Lord, and for your purpose, God. And I ask that you will bless them, Lord, and continue to bless them and keep them, God, and guide them into all understanding and truth, Lord, by your Holy Spirit that you have freely given to us, Lord. And I thank you for our partners and our listeners, Lord. And I thank you for those that aren't yet part of our family yet, God. And I just ask that you will bless them also, Lord, and keep them from the wicked one. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.